Welcome to Bridges 2030 Visions, a series in which we ask experts and thought leaders from around the globe, how do we build a more sustainable and inclusive world in the current decade and beyond? I'm James Taylor, and this week our guest is Charlie Green, the CEO of The Office Group, to talk about a subject that's very close to our hearts, sustainability in real estate. If you greenwash and just pay lip service, you get found out pretty quickly. But if you do something that was real and uh, tangible, that it could really benefit your business. And the interesting thing about what we've just gone through with the pandemic and the, the, the financial impact there is that actually what we've seen is that sustainability is now not only has it sort of stayed front and centre, I think it's become even more prominent. Now, globally, 40% of carbon emissions come from our built environment. So we can't have a sensible conversation about the transition to net zero without also talking about sustainability and buildings. Now, Charlie is a real pioneer in this space. He co-founded the office group in the early 2000s with his business partner, Ollie Olson, with backing from Bridges' very first fund, and has built the office group into a multi-billion dollar business with over 70 offices around the UK and Europe. Charlie was one of the first real estate entrepreneurs to really recognise the value of sustainability features in buildings. We asked him about how attitudes in the sector have changed over the last two decades and where we go from here. I think we always felt that as building owners we had an, uh, both a responsibility but also an opportunity to do something. Uh, I don't think we quite knew what that was with the first building. The second building came along and I, I as I recall, I, I met a chap at a party and he was talking about his work, which was for a, uh, with a charity. And he said, we want to take some of that. We want to bring it into the urban world and into central London. We want to build green roofs. Do you have any? And I said, well, as it happens, we, we do. We've got a building that we've just bought. And this was our second building on Grayson Road. And it had a flat roof and it was accessible. And uh, we committed to them that we would give them our roof space, but we'd work with them. And we created our first green roof. And with that, we had also rainwater harvesting and grey water recycling, and we had solar panels to heat the water in the building. So we really, really produced something there that was meaningful and impactful. It had an immediate impact. So people would come to the building. It's such a positive thing when you walk. So the last thing that we show people when they come to one of our buildings is the office. We show them all the areas that they get to benefit from, they see before they go to the actual office. And one of the first things we'd show them is the green roof. And you take them up there and they see this, this, it's so unexpected. It's such a positive message. And the really interesting thing is this vicarious benefit they get. So that once they take an office from us, they're able to say, hey, we have a green roof on our office building. We have solar panels and there, there's this there's this ability for them to vicariously really make their own statement about who they are without having that kind of the cost and the, the uh, uh, and that work going into it but that's fine we did that and we get the benefit of them coming to our building I think at that time when we did that green roof a lot of people were thinking about the environment um, but they were doing it in a way that was quite superficial so recycling bins in kitchens, and uh, and we were taking it further. So we were thinking about flow restrictors on taps and small assistance with toilets and recycle rubber tires to make flooring. 
and I don't think many people would, were doing that in a cohesive way that allowed them to use it as a marketing tool to help sell their space. And I think that we realized you can, if you greenwash and just pay lip service, you get found out pretty quickly. But if you do something that was real and uh, tangible, that it could really benefit your business. So you can have a commercial gain by pursuing something that was really actually uh, doing your bit for the environment and for the, for the planet. And that was um, pretty revelationary, really. And then in 2008, 2009, the global financial crisis hit. I think it was very clear then that the, the environment took a back seat, right? So the, the, the financial burden of that period was the priority and people just didn't think about sustainability. The interesting thing about what we've just gone through with the pandemic and the, the, the financial impact there is that actually what we've seen is that sustainability is now not only has it sort of stayed front and center, I think it's become even more prominent. When we started, we were, we were influencing people when they came. They didn't know they were coming to our building to see a green roof. Now they're saying, these are the things we want from our office building. One of the first things they want is some kind of real sustainability agenda. As we grew as a business, we grew, we started to take more leases, still being considered and taking the right buildings, but harder than to do the things you want to do because you don't own the building. So it's harder than to put a green roof in and get consent and get landlords buying. I think we went through a period of not doing enough and then we kicked back in again and it became more important and we started to have the opportunities to do more. And how do you really demonstrate what you're doing? Because what you do is not just about sort of actually measurably reducing carbon emissions or sequestered carbon, it's a lot of what you're doing then is, is mindset shifting, is saying to people, we want you to think about the environment and here are the ways that we're gonna make you think about it so that can you drive behavioral change through what you're doing with a building. And to do that, it has to be meaningful. Yeah. So then in Shoreditch, we acquired a building, uh, a small warehouse building um, on quite a nice plot in the middle of Shoreditch. And it had planning consent to knock it down and redevelop it for a, a sort of glass and steel metal city building. And it was just like, God, this is so not Shoreditch. We can't build this. This is, um, this is completely wrong for the audience in the market and, and won't be successful. And then we started to interrogate different methods of construction. We came across timber and we decided to build a timber building. And in fact, we, it's not that uncommon. It's starting to become more common, which is great, but it tends to be more hybrid where you have a, a concrete and steel frame and, and then you clad it with timber. We decided that we would have a mass timber building. In other words, the core would be made of timber. The columns uh, and the beams are all timber and the slabs are timber. So we're not cladding anything. It is all made from cross-laminated timber and uh, uh, laminated veneer lumber. So, so you have this really warm, tactile, textural element to the building. And it looks beautiful, incredibly strong. It comes with some challenges, but a huge statement, like really, really powerful that we're saying you can build in this way, you should build in this way because of the reduction in carbon emissions, 
because of the, that impact on the environment. And that's great. It's really good. It's so exciting that we can be sort of a, that we can put our hands up and say, hey, we've done this and you should do this too, because this is important. So the pandemic was tough. This immediate vacating of, of, of offices, the narrative of the offices dead was a little unsettling. So sleep wasn't that easy for a period. What we're seeing is that people are coming back. So the best buildings and the best locations are absolutely fine and more than fine. And that I think is a really interesting direction then for how we grow as a business. The real estate sector is caught in really, and if I think about it in terms of uh, how we let our, our office space compared to the traditional lease, you know, profound wealth created from the traditional landlord-tenant relationship, arm's length, um, but actually the occupier is now driving the change. So you need to listen to the occupier. You need to engage with them in a way which you didn't before. And real estate needs to think about how they provide a service for occupiers if they want occupiers in their building. And I think they need to really think about collectively as an industry, what happens with construction and development and operating buildings in the most sustainable way. I think technology has an enormous role to play moving forward uh, in construction and operation, but we're early days with that. So as that becomes more mainstream, becomes more affordable and accessible, I think that would likely have the biggest impact. I do think that coming out of the pandemic, people want, you have to, employers are needing to think about how their employees are working in a different way. So if they want them to come back to the office, there has to be a compelling reason to come back. So I think moving forward, we need to continue to be making the most flexible or creating the most flexible, the most beautiful and the most sustainable buildings that we can. But it has to be beautiful. It has to be easy to get to. You have to have a range of amenities that mean that you are going to the office and that you can have really good food and that you can work out there. And, that, and you, you can do that through refurbishment, which has been the mainstay of our business. And, and yes, we can hit sort of our BREAM ratings and our wealth certificates, but um, really what, what are we doing that's measurable, that's identifiable by the people taking our space? And that is about wellness, that's about health, mental health, physical health, how we understanding what our responsibility is to address those areas. And I'm really excited to build new buildings like the black and white building that are in the most sustainable way from timber, hybrid if needed, building from rammed earth. I think all of these methods are going to become mainstream because they have to be but it's uncomfortable and it's new and there are risks, but the risks aren't as great as I think people fear in the real estate industry. So, um, you know, I hope that we, we continue to build in that way and I hope that we continue to inform others and others do the same because uh, it's pretty irresponsible if we don't. It almost shouldn't be on the occupiers Right. We are being, we, we, we're led by them, but really it's, it should be led by the real estate industry. It should be led by the creators, by the pro providers of space.
Um, it starts with funding. It starts with debt, and funders need to be comfortable with providing debt to fund new methods of construction. Investors need to be comfortable investing in that type of building and understanding the risks that come with that. And there's fear and there's understanding, and I think those are obstacles that need to be overcome in order for there to be uh, wholesale change. Everybody's going to be talking. This agenda's not going away. So it's uh, unlike 2009, where it sort of just disappeared and took some time to come back, this is front and center for everybody. The ESG of it, agenda, whatever you believe in it, is here. It, it's it's, it's a, a material requirement of every single business, whatever size you are. You've been listening to Bridges 2030 Visions with me, James Taylor. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, why not like, subscribe, share, download extra episodes, or even leave us a nice five-star review somewhere. Thanks for joining us. Bridges 2030.